Hello and welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes your favorite properties and reboots them before Disney has a chance to. But I, I changed it up on account of Disney had an investors meeting today and they're like, hey, did you know that we own the rights to Alien? Oh uh, no. But that's neither here nor there because what we do here is a little bit like brainstorming fan fiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. This week, it's another People's Choice Week and the people's have chosen, as told by Ginger, Lindsay, I don't know anything about what this even is. <laughs> well, it seems like a lot of people don't because Nickelodeon was uh, terrible at promoting this. Whoops. Yep. So anyway, as told by Ginger, it was a uh, animated TV show by Class B, by Klasky Supo? Supo? They were the same people behind the Wild Thornberries and Rugrats. I can tell because it's the same art style. Yeah. And it aired on Nickelodeon from 2000 to 2004. Okay. It followed the um, it followed the life of a young girl named Ginger Foutley who was in middle school and it was basically a slice of life. Um... And what really stood out about the series is that it had an actual continuity that mattered. It wasn't just like standard quo was God. It also talked about some pretty heavy topics for a show aimed at preteens. So, yay. It actually was very smart. It got nominated for a couple of Emmys. Oh, nice. And Nickelodeon didn't know how to properly promote it because, honestly, it was kind of like the odd one of the bunch. And uh, its final episode was direct-to-DVD. Never even aired. Huh. Yeah. So, (laughs) as the people have spoken, even though when I was doing my research and planning for this, um, I realized that, shit, this TV show is actually way too good for me to reboot. It doesn't really need a reboot. Oh, no. But maybe we can do a continuation and somehow get, like, the DVDs re-released or some sort of revival for As Told by Ginger. Okay. Yeah. Because, as I said earlier, continuity is important for this series. And at the end, they did have um, flash-forwards to what various characters were doing in the future. And I'm like, okay, they seem to be like settled adults. What's going on in between? Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was a middle school show, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah, it was middle school. They did get into high school, I think, by the final season. Okay. Yeah. So this would just be more high school. I decided to skip high school because, well, on a personal level, um, I didn't really enjoy high school. <laughs> And skip straight to university, because university is a unique experience. Okay. And also, I like a university setting for two reasons. One, university sitcoms are not that common, and the ones that do exist tend to not actually focus on, you know, being a university or college student. And two, you are given a lot of freedom. Yeah. You're kind of an adult. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So this is this is beyond all grown up. <laughs> yeah. Like I I don't want to make this like the super oh everybody's having like sex and all that sort of stuff, but this is definitely something that would probably be put onto Netflix. Is this still animated? Yeah. 
Just because I'm thinking the standard issue classic Supo style is more designed towards kids and a more youthful vibe. Yeah, but I think it can age up a bit. At the very least, like, move the mouth from the bottom of the chin to its proper place on the face. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you can still have a fairly stylized art style for, for an animated show that is targeted at adults. Like Bojack Horseman on the darker side, but also Agretzko. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so we're doing Agretzko styled <laughs> as told by Ginger. <laughs> what is Ginger's persona? <laughs> <laughs> well, she really liked horses. <laughs> as told by Ginger Horseman. <laughs> but yeah, um. The big thing about this is keeping, I want to say the sincerity of the series. Like, there was continuity, but it was a very slice-of-lifey continuity where, like, they aged, they mature, they dealt with different stuff. It was all about relationship, like, not, like, high-drama relationships, but, like, how relationships change and evolve, I think, should be. Yeah. A thing, also that transition from high school to university, because I was thinking maybe you have two of the main characters, Ginger and her friend Macy, and they were part of a trio. The other one was Dodie, and I was thinking maybe Dodie went to a different university, and we can deal with this very real phenomena of friends drifting apart. Yeah. Which sucks, but it's also a very real thing. And it is hard to make friends in university unless you make a point of like meeting up with each other on a regular basis outside of classes. Yeah. Because if you're just if you're if you're befriending someone who's in the same classes, or maybe this just happened to me because I had to change my major like three times. Yeah. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I was separated from like because I go in for chemistry education, and then I change out of education, so all the friends I had in the education faculty no longer. Now I'm friends with the computer science people, and then I changed from the computer science to English. So now all of the science friends I had. <laughs> Can't use that anymore because I'm back in English. <laughs> yeah, university. It, I think the best places to make friends are joining clubs. So, to all the new university students out there, don't be afraid to join the anime club. I mean, depends on the anime yeah, club. Yeah, depends on the anime. Join a club. I don't even think. I don't even know if anime clubs are a thing anymore because the reason anime things had a big boom was because it was so hard to get a hold of anime. Yeah, and, and so now it's like got... we are, we are pooling all of our resources. Yeah, all the DVDs we have assembled from <laughs> all these conventions were the only place we could get them, and now it's like anime club could just be watch night at your friend's house. You throw on the Crunchyroll or whatever. Yeah. So Lindsay's big message is actually join horse club. Join a club, preferably one that's more relaxed because some of the clubs do have like mandatory commitments and. Uh, know yourself and join a club that's not related to your major yes you're not going to get anywhere if you try if they try and join like the 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 engineering student society unless you know for a fact that you're going to be an engineer the whole time Mm -hmm. you see it like written in the book of prophecy that you will never divulge from the journey of being an engineer (laughs) oh great we could introduce a character who uh, is starting an engineering course and they do the thing that I've heard a zillion times over where an engineering prof is like, look to your left, look to your right, one of you is not making it through this course. Fuck this shit, man. I want to be an arts major. 
Uh, at least we teach you how to write. Yeah, so I was thinking Ginger and her friend Macy, who was like the super geek of the group, uh, go to the same school, while Dodie, who I think she would end up becoming a journalist of some sort, um, goes to a different school because maybe they have a GA school program. Also, I was thinking about the schools and like the sort of schools that you see in TV shows that are set in universities. Now, as told by Ginger, is an American show. It was created by an American creator and it was actually based on the suburb that she grew up in in uh, New York, though the show is actually set in uh, Connecticut. And f- from what I understand about the American college culture, it's very different from what we experienced at the U of R. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are are dedicated college towns. And I think there are dedicated college towns in Canada, but they're mostly in Ontario and Quebec and a couple places in the Maritimes. It's not something you see out west. But in America, it seems to be the thing. And at least from the TV shows I have seen that are set in universities or colleges, the majority of them seem to be either state colleges and the focus is on either the main character is part of a particular group, mostly a sports group or a sports-related group. It's a clearly writing what you know this person went to Yale. Uh. <laughs> so, And it's barely about the actual being a student at this place and more about the social life or its community. Yeah, which is just a study group. Yeah. Which that is, that's easy. Yeah. This, I'm like, okay, what is like a regular... University experience life, and there's probably no regular university experience out there. I'm I'm just talking about, like, the university that would be listed as number 26 in the nation, or number 27, which is our school. I would say liberal arts leaning has a actually good STEM department, and just going through a four-year bachelor's program, because Ginger wants to become an author. And maybe at some point she debates about getting into an MFA in creative writing program. I don't know. This is where you come in. Um, I don't know. Well, just because I don't know. I don't know much about Ginger. She's a poet in the making and she writes in her diary a whole lot. And at the end, she eventually like writes a book. And actually, she seems to become at least a well-known author. Okay, then, yeah, she can hop in creative writing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm just going to say this is probably going to be a shorter episode because, as I said, this the actual series is way too good. <laughs> Untouchable! A lot of the things I was thinking about is like, what were the important stuff that, what was the important stuff that happened to me in university that made me who I am now? And I think a couple of the things was learning to be independent and also dealing with a non-schedule. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with it on a schedule. Yeah. Like, and I actually have a legit schedule now. Yeah. I no longer have to deal with shift work, usually. I, I mean, I, I have a nine to five, and even then, like, because of lockdown, it's still yeah. unstructured. And even, even then, like, my job, I was kind of like my own department, really. <laughs> well, hey, same here. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of my own thing, so I'm allowed to do whatever. But yeah, like it's dealing with independence, dealing with responsibility, 
learning new expectations and also like establishing new boundaries with your parents. Mm-hmm. So a thing with Ginger is that her parents are divorced. Her dad left the family when she was really young and she didn't really, she hasn't really had a, an actual relationship with her father. He does reappear throughout the series, but like never for a long time. And one of the hard lessons that she has to take is that her father is something of a flake. So like she can't expect him to be there for her basically at all. And then her mother is, she's trying her best to be a good parent. The problem is she's rather strict with Ginger. There's one point in the series where Ginger and her friends want to wear makeup for the school photos because they don't want dorky photos. But Lois, Ginger's mom, is like, no, you're not allowed to wear makeup. So the girls make their own makeup. Ginger's mom does get mad, but like they have a good time. <laughs> and they realize, oh, yeah, makeup is just like a fun thing. It isn't like a, you don't have to put too much weight on it. Yeah. And then there's another point where Lois, for whatever reason, decides to not let Ginger shave her legs. Now... Whether or not you want to shave your legs, it's really up to the person and how they personally feel about it. I mostly do it because the shaving cream provides moisture for my skin. (laughs) 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 But like, again, it's up to anybody. But Lois is like, no, you're not going to shave your legs. And Ginger feels really embarrassed about it because it's like the other girls are and I will get teased. Because preteens are fucking cruel. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see a lot of this kind of transferring over and evolving into the college age situation of just like, Mom, I'm I'm trying to make my own decisions, and <laughs> you you trying to like handhold me through all of this stuff is de- actually actively hindering me. Yeah, and then the problem is with uh, Lois's disciplining is that she's kind of inconsistent. Ginger has a younger brother named Carl. He does weird stuff. He's into gross stuff. He. Um, I think so. An Lois... early two thousands brother, then. <laughs> yeah, I saw you glance towards Ryan's room. <laughs> There's an entire subplot involving him and his friend Hoodsy trying to get a petrified eyeball back from their rich kid rival. <laughs> and Lois's general approach to Carl has been, you know what? I'm just not going to ask what goes on in your room. <laughs> Is it a boys will be boys situation? She isn't that bad because she does, like, when Carl gets into trouble at school, it's like, no, you're grounded. How long? Indefinitely. (laughs) But, like, I would say Carl is a bit more able to get away with shit, I would say, than Ginger is because Ginger is, you know, a sweet, normal girl, quote unquote normal, and, like, there's a lot of different ways to be normal, but like most of her stuff, I think Lois instantly recognizes because, you know, easy reference points. And it's yeah. like, oh, keep you away from boys, keep you away from all this sort of stuff. And it's, whereas Carl, it it's a whole, like, I would say it's more the ick factor, factor of what he's into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because as I said, petrified eyeball. Yeah. There's a- well, I'm thinking the, the situation would be that Lois is two hands on with Ginger and two hands off with Carl, and it's yeah. like it gets to a certain point where G- Ginger is like straining under the weight of her mom's influence that she like 
either threatens or for like if this is for a more mature audience we can do a lot more serialized stuff and so there can be like a several episode arc where Jim is like you know what mom you're not in my life anymore you i'm grounding you yeah <laughs> and then in the meantime carl is like desperately trying to get her help and then there's I, I don't want to put parents on blast, but there seems to be a time when the kids are growing up and the parents say, oh, you don't want my help? Well, then I will never speak to you again because clearly my children don't respect me. Because parents need some growing up too when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, there was one video I saw on uh, Twitter and it was talking about how parents when their kids go to college or university like because the children are technically speaking adults it's more about the parents pride at that point because they really don't have that much control over their children unless they're the ones paying for paying for school mm -hmm. and all that and even then like depending on the parent could be different also like your class plays a lot into what you expect your children to do in college or university like if you are like me and come from a family where like there is a handful of people who have ever gone to university and have never gone beyond a bachelor's degree the general thinking is like you're gonna get something practical or you're gonna find a practical application for what you're learning um whereas if you come from a more if you come from a background where people are more likely to go to university, you either have two two outcomes. Either you have the family that doesn't really care about what sort of degree you get. It's just having that degree and getting like a higher level of that degree. Mm -hmm. Or you come from a family of lawyers or from a family of doctors or a family of, like you have a certain profession in your family. And you're kind of expected to at least get a job adjacent to that profession. Legacy! Legacy! Everything is legacy! The reason we still have sororities and fraternities is because Americans are so horny for legacy. <laughs> they want an aristocracy and they just don't want to admit it. <laughs> and speaking of that, so there was a character in this series named Courtney who was the popular girl and she comes from an obscenely wealthy family. I hate her already. At least until the end of the series when it's discovered that her dad was insider trading. Probably most of the money is like fake money anyway. <laughs> I, that's unfortunate, but also karma. Yes. So I'm sorry that you were born. A, I'm sorry you were assigned class trader at birth, but... <laughs> But yeah, like even the creator said that Courtney was partially inspired by Veronica Lake. Or not Veronica Lake, Veronica Lodge. Veronica Lake was the actress. So I was thinking with Courtney, like, on the one hand, her family was wealthy but has now pretty much lost everything. But they probably, ugh, with rich people, you know what? She's probably, like, generationally wealthy to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's more like her dad was just kind of bad at keeping the money. Like, she is. I know that this was played for comedy, but she is, like, so wealthy, she doesn't understand. She did not understand the concept of the sleepover, which I think even rich kids would understand what that is. It's a business meeting. <laughs> but 
with Courtney's family's like rise and fall, I would still expect her to go to like an Ivy League school. Like there had to have been like an uncle or a cousin who had the money to be like, oh, don't worry, we'll pay for you to go there. She or, gets in on legacy. Yeah, she gets in on legacy. Or, you know, the whole thing with those celebrities who were like faking their who were basically bribing it was just a bribe. Co- it was just a college admissions bribe. They they had yeah. it. Well, Cole, here's the thing is that the reason the college admissions bribe scandal was such bullshit is because they bribed their way into a college that they easily could have bought their way into legally, which is still pretty fucking bad, considering how many people have to bend over backwards to earn their way into college. Mm-hmm. But you can already buy your way into college, so why do you have to go behind and illegally bribe Dick Dastardly? Yeah, so- Dick Dastardly star of <laughs> what- well, fuck, what was the show Home- it's not Home Alone, it's- what was that show called? Oh, frick. What the uh, fuck I, was- I, what fucking show was Lurley Hoffman on? My brain fall apart! Oh, <laughs> 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 I do not remember. I was just thinking... Full house! Yeah. Fuck! (laughs) Sorry, I had to have a bit of a stroke. Continue. (laughs) So I was thinking, given her parents' competence when it comes to this sort of thing, I would suspect they tried to get her into, like, Duke, but the college admission thing happened, and now she's going to the same school as Ginger and Macy, just because... Also, I was thinking of some other characters, majors. Um, so the thing with Dodie and Macy is that Dodie, she was kind of the worst, which is why I'm like, hey, maybe she's the friend that Ginger loses touch with and goes to a different school. Because like one of her plot lines was she does like the PA announcements at their school for a bit and she starts spicing up the announcements by adding in gossip including spreading rumors about uh this one kid with lice Mm -hmm. which you know causes problems yeah lice are legitimately gross but like people got super weird about it there was once a rumor at my school that i had lice that i started because there were kids (laughs) on the bus that would bully me by stealing my hat yeah so at one point some girls took it and they're wearing hat like look i'm tanner i have a hat because when you're in like grade two that's the extent of (laughs) that's the bar for bullying like you wear hats uh (laughs) but yeah the girl's like oh look i'm tanner i have a hat and i was like i have lice actually and they're like oh my god and they throw the hat back at me and then like they give me dirty looks as they get off the bus and they get home and like a few days later mom's like tanner do you have lice like no but i do have a scheme (laughs) (laughs) for the record these were not the girls that i had to bite that was a different girl (laughs) yeah our um our big rumor at my at the one elementary school I went to, I went to several, um, <laughs> was that someone got ringworm, and there was a lot of like misinterpretations about what ringworm does. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it got to the point where we're like, "Oh, ringworm causes cancer," and the teachers had to come in and be like, "No, ringworm does not cause cancer, as far as anybody knows." <laughs> So, Dodie did shit like that. She, like, outed a crush on a teacher that Ginger had, and it got super embarrassing. Basically, she was kind of the worst and didn't know boundaries. Which I'm like, oh yeah, she's gonna be a journalist, for sure. Because sometimes, journalists are fucking assholes. (laughs) So yeah, she goes off to J school. They separate. Maybe there is a bit of animosity between them, because, like, shit happens in high school. 
I went, no, I, I went to several different schools. I was never around long enough for, oh, I don't like this person from high school. It's more like, I don't even remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Macy, so basically she was kind of a free range kid for a long time to the point where her parents like kind of forgot about her. Oh, shit. Then her 13th birthday happens, and she gets really upset that her parents forgot. And let me tell you, when you are an emotional 13-year-old, shit like that is fucking soul-destroying. Anything going wrong with your birthday at that age is bad. But when you can trace it back to your parents, you immediately go, holy shit, they don't love me anymore. (laughs) I need to run away now. So her parents then overcompensate... By treating her like a little kid. Because in their mind, she's she's like six. Because that was like, that seems to be like the last time they were really like engaged with Macy. And it that actually... seems like so many parents, either they can't find a middle ground. It's yeah. just like, you, you are an adult and you have been since you were six, or you're a child and you will be until you're 30. Like, Ryan and I have long conversations about how weird our upbringing was. Because, like, both of our parents were farm kids who had parents who were farm kids. There was a level, there was an expectation of independence and self-motivation and just, like, you're supposed to be out of the house from about the time you get up till the streetlights come on. And we lived in bear country. (laughs) (laughs) Bear and cougar country. The other thing was that our parents seemed to not pay attention at all to what Ryan and I were consuming media-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan was playing Call of Duty way too young. Oh, child. <laughs> that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched Akira at 12, so there. That also explains a lot. <laughs> So yeah, when people talk about like how strict their parents were about like what they were allowed to watch and when we're like can't relate. Our parents were fine with us watching Generation Kill in middle school. The the thing with Macy is that her parents overcompensate after this 13th birthday incident and kind of treat her like a little kid. And Ginger at first gets really worried about this and about, worried about Macy like being stuck in this little kid face. And she's like, no, I know exactly what's going on. I'm just going to bask in this attention while it lasts and then move on. And I was thinking when Macy gets to university, maybe she decides to become a psych major and specialize in pediatric psychology. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Trying to figure out how children tick <laughs> and how to best, you know, make that bloom and grow. Yes. Into- <laughs> well-adjusted adults also probably gonna have a different dynamic with her parents than from ginger because like she's got her mom she's got her stepdad who seems pretty cool he's a doctor in the in this world he's supposed to be like an older mcdreamy (laughs) 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 and then there's her dad who like tries he seems to be one of those people who just like I called him a flake. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to handle stuff well. I don't know what he's doing. He kind of pops in and out of her life, basically. Yeah. The biggest point when it comes to uh, these two sides of her family is that on her mom's side, uh, Ginger is Jewish. So probably want to have some Jewish writing staff on this to address 
yes those various milestones and how ginger relates to it again it's super complicated for a jewish person because everybody has a very unique relationship with that yeah yeah moving on to a different part of university that nobody told me about and was kind of hard to adjust to was the academic expectations or like what was expected of your behavior as a student and your academic like expectations let's say Mm -hmm. because like in high school you're expected to be there and to attend every class and you get into so much trouble for not attending and the teachers are like oh yeah you have to attend like every class at university or you'll be in so much trouble and then you actually get to university and it's like please show up for the majority of classes (laughs) (laughs) i mean it depends on the professor too because some professors are like very strict about it and like they will grade you on participation, so not just showing up, but also adding to the discussion. Yeah. But th- there are also professors that are like, you know what? The vibes of the university are disgusting today. No class. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, dress codes were like, I don't think there was a dress code at the U of R. I think everybody just accepted that the the kids who were living in residence were going to roll into class in their pajamas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, there's stuff like that. Um, but also, like, the stuff that they didn't teach you in high school, like, um, I had to teach myself how to uh, cite sources and make citations and make a bibliography. Yeah. <sighs> I was thinking just basic stuff like how to do your taxes. And yeah, that too. <laughs> how to buy a home, <laughs> which I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, apparently, that used to be taught in high school in a class called Home Economics. guess what got cut along with the auto classes i'm sure i'm i think one of my school high schools had an auto class but that's cutting on 10 years now yeah oh one of the high schools i went to they were like one of the last high schools to have a dedicated auto class and cooking and home ec and then uh they kind of combined fairly recently with uh the community college in town so they now share facilities and so this high school i went to cow high was kind of like the ghetto school of the valley and that was mostly because like it was kind of it was actually a really good school it was just kind of careworn and most uh, it was a whole like this is where the local kids went to it had a reputation it had a reputation. There was another public high school called Francis Kelsey that was closer to the Malahat, which is like the highway to, that gets you from Victoria to the Cowichan Valley. Um, Francis Kelsey was a fancier public school, and they were well known for having one of those like at your own pace learning programs where like you got like a set of homework and a due date, but like that due date was a couple months. Okay. In in the future, so you were allowed to do your assignments at your own pace, and then all the other schools were super exclusive private schools. Hmm. It cost more money to go to one of these schools for a single semester than a full year of university tuition. So very wealthy people sent their kids there. Yeah. Um. There was a distinct divide between us, and how high regularly kicked everybody's ass at sports. <laughs> Our rugby girls were third in province the year I was there. Our girls' field hockey team was feared and respected. <laughs> but yeah, like it eventually basically combined with the community college. So now it's got all this awesome practical stuff that you can do. 
And one of the things I want to rail against is, you know, how the trades have long been treated as like this lesser sort of career path. Yeah. Like, well, you failed at a real job, so now I guess you have to go to trade school. Oh, yeah, you don't want to become a plumber. It's like the plumber makes more money than you do. Also, like, there is a lot of pride to be had with being, like, an electrician or working as a cook or something. Like, they are creative fields. See, I didn't want to go into a trade field on account of I knew I would be bad at it. Yeah, same here. But, like, they're not just, like, necessary jobs. They are fulfilling jobs. Yeah. So there uh one of the love interests that ginger has over the years is a kid named darren they have an on again off again relationship and eventually in the distant finale they do wind up together how i feel about that i don't know and maybe we might end up changing that depending on how the writing goes Mm -hmm. but maybe he gets into the traits and we can follow his path through life because it is an interesting thing to see and it would be great to have positive representation of a trade school yeah or a community college that isn't just community. <laughs> I haven't watched much community, but I don't know if it was necessarily positive representation. I heard that the first couple of seasons were good. But like otherwise, like actually showing what being in a community college is like is like I I don't know. I don't even think of it it played that much importance to the characters. This is a series I want the university to be part of their lives and their experiences. And yeah, it's just like trying to figure themselves out in this new situation where they have that this much independence mm-hmm. from what they used to have, but they also have certain obligations. Also, like the whole work-school-life balance that you have to find at university. Yeah. So, you know what? Some of the characters are probably going to have that really shitty grocery store experience or retail experience also something that i've never experienced but i know a lot of people have experienced internships mm-hmm. i i dipped out of the education major before i had a chance to do my unpaid teacher internship mm-hmm. i remember my dad's story from when he was in teacher college for a short amount of time they sent him to his hometown to the high school and he was taking attendance and he sees this one name and he reads it off and he recognizes the name and he's like hey your sister x he's like yeah you dated my sister he's like (laughs) (sighs) and that was the day dad realized he could never be a teacher well at least not in his own hometown Uh, yeah at the very least not in his hometown I'm pretty sure that that's only something that could happen if you are a teacher who goes back to their small hometown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also why I cannot date someone from southwestern Manitoba. <laughs> um, we should probably have like the whole going through different majors to figure out what the fuck you want to do because I suspect Ginger would like she wants to become a writer. I think she will eventually end up in the English department, but. I would not be surprised if Lois tries to push her into something more practical. Yeah, I feel like Ginger would have a similar journey uh, to myself, where, mm-hmm. but, but like, not even just Lois, but herself thinking, oh, like, I want to be a writer, but I'll never be able to make a living off of just being a writer. I have to be something else. I'm going to be a computer engineer. <laughs> I think also just something I noticed in university, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, 
Sometimes if you go in, especially for changing majors, you go into something and you meet all these people who are in your major that's like, I've wanted to be a teacher since I was in second grade, or I've I played with computers ever since they were invented. I have been writing stories since I knew how to hold a pencil, and that's why I'm in the English department. And then oh, I'm sitting here yeah. like, yeah, I kind I wrote some fanfic in high school and I thought it was fun, so I wanted to see if I could stretch my legs with that. Um, like you, you get into these groups of people that are so passionate about what they do, and you're like, you have mm-hmm. the imposter syndrome. You have the normal imposter syndrome, but then you have double bonus imposter syndrome on top oh, of that. Oh yeah, you meet the tryhards and the overachievers, and it's like, oh, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Yeah, and it's like. At a certain point, if you stick with it long enough, you realize that they are tryhards and overachievers, but when you first set out, it's like, oh, these are the people that are destined for this career, and I'm faking it because I think it's an easy A. I have, I, I didn't go into this thinking it was an easy A, but clearly this must be, this must be the only reason I'm here because I haven't been making films since I was five years old, so how can I think I can be in the entertainment industry? Mm-hmm. I might as well just burn everything I've ever made and be a business major. Which fortunately, I never got to that point. Oh, thank God. Also, apparently our business school, one of the worst of the country. (laughs) 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 Fuck that entire business department. It's been dragging down like what the U of R is good at. Yeah. Um, you know what? Having to deal with shitty teachers or other students, because that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've thankfully, for the most part, have been like shitty teacher repellent. <laughs> or like shitty dude repellent, it seems. Here's a weird gender thing. I think shitty w- women teachers end up in high school and elementary school, and shitty yeah. male teachers, and I mean, the, they end up all over the spectrum, but. They tend more towards high school and university. Yeah. And that's a lot to do with the bias of uh, the education system in, like, what people get pushed towards. Yeah, I think, uh, hmm, let's see, let's delve into psychology. It might might also just be the fact that the, the good women educators ending up in university makes the bad male ones stand out more. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're younger, a mean la- I feel like a mean lady stands out more than a mean man, and that might just be because of stereotypes that women are inherently supposed to be kind. So, like... If you go into school, hope it, if you go into grade two, hoping that your teacher is gonna be a second mom, and then she gives you an allergy, re- allergic reaction because she re- hands out candy that doesn't have ingredients in English written on the label. <sighs> that happened to a friend of mine. That then it's like a shock to the system. But <laughs> or like my brother's battle axe teachers who refused to believe that it was the broom surrounding the school that was causing an allergic reaction that was getting his eyes like swollen shut and oh, not she pink thought eye it was just on weed <laughs> no they thought it was pink eye oh dang yeah they kept calling my mom and she's like it's the it's seasonal it's from the broom so of course the school refuses to deal with the broom but also like it's expensive because it's a massive weed like they're about the size of trees Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is a massive problem on the island. But yeah, they just refused to recognize that, no, it was the scotch broom all around the school and not my brother was not washing his hands. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dealing with shitty teachers, especially the male ones, and especially, like, I, I don't know... <sighs> I weirdly did not have any bad experiences with my male teachers beyond 
some of them being particularly boring <laughs> or kind of insufferable, but like also like I never really went to the student faculty parties. I only really went to one and even then I was only there for a short time. Yeah, I never even bothered. Yeah. So, yeah, I I didn't really have any experiences with that and I know I should have been involved with the honors program, but I was too lazy. <laughs> But that also, like, requires more time with your professors and all that to go over your honors thesis and all that sort of stuff. So there's probably more opportunity to abuse your power there. But yes. So I can't really speak from experience, but that's something that, like, having a writer's room and having people talk about their personal experiences with university and dealing with different types of people. Also, I doubt we're going to have the wild college party episode because... Let's be real. There wasn't a lot of wild college parties happening to us. No. We'd, we'd, that's another thing we'd have to bring in an outside expert for. Our school was not a party school. No, I'm pretty sure it was. It's just that we never went there because we were never friends with the people who did have Yeah, parties. we were a bunch of weird nerds. Yeah, we're all the wallflowers. <laughs> well, there was that one night when like the school got the new sign and we decided to like sit on it to test it out. I don't think I was there for that even. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um it was But yeah, that was the wildest party you attended in college. You guys sat on a sign? You absolute mad lads? God, yeah, we were a bunch of fucking nerds cuz like we would sometimes go over to someone's room in one of the dormitories and we would be watching anime until like 3 a.m. and then we're like fuck we should we should really go to sleep this is tuesday <laughs> yeah. making poor poor decisions the, the all-nighter where you're madly writing an essay <laughs> <laughs> the day off that was me way too many times printing it out just minutes before the class was supposed to start mm-hmm uh, there's a reason why I only really maintained like a 75% the entire time. That's actually pretty good for university. I barely studied in the in the stuff that like like history that actually interested me. Hmm. French and math though? <laughs> Those were fucking mercy passes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like at some point this became less about as told by Ginger and more about as told by Tanner and Lindsay have the nostalgia slash therapy about going to university. Yeah. Because as I said, the, the original series slaps and I don't know how to improve it much other than like setting it in university and it would be just more like letting... It's almost like letting the characters dictate how the story goes. Mm-hmm. And, like, writing Slice of Life, as it turns out, seems to be a lot harder. Because it's coming up with scenarios for the characters to be in, and you are mostly drawing from your own life, in a way. Or, when you're in something like a TV show, where it's a collaborative work, you can combine various experiences. Mm -hmm. We had a super nerdy experience. I bet that there was other people... There's other people out there in the TV writing world who had very different experiences from us. And it would be great to hear about that and get that in because uh, fuck if I know. Yeah, that, that does kind of sum up a lot of our university experience. Just ah, fuck if we know. <laughs> I'm sorry if I disappoint people for not talking much more about As Told by Ginger. Like, I mean, you said short, but this is a regular episode length. Okay. 
I guess it's more like not talking more about As Told by Ginger because, like, it's self-evidently good. Like, see why I'm like, I made a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> it's more like Nickelodeon should do, like, an HD update, really, and put it onto a time slot where the preteens are going to actually watch it or put it on a Netflix. Yeah, I don't think it's available for any streaming right now. Well, it should be. All right. But in that case, we are going to close the lid on this episode, this weird episode <laughs> that <laughs> is not a reboot of As Told by Ginger or is barely. <laughs> no, like we, we, yeah, we summed it up. You, you, you said it best. Just start to write for Slice of Life because it's like, well, things happen. That's the end. <laughs> Characters grow and develop. I think the best way to segue into the French promo is just to not. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie. So, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I reboot you first, and they're pronounced near if I went back to the classic because this was more about us. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can also email us at notifirebootyoufirst at gmail.com, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and interesting petrified things. <laughs> That's where you could send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put it in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. If you'd like to support us financially, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash first. We can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all our patrons, including Rem, Julia, Christina, Cassidy, and Charlie. Thank you all. That being said, we also know that there are plenty of other more important causes out there, such as, uh, okay, what is important causes happening right now? Since this winter, it's very important to donate to homeless shelters and food banks, and food banks especially, if you can, just give them money. Like, obviously they need food, but if you just straight up give them money, they can buy the food they need. But more importantly, they can pay to, like, upkeep the buildings that they operate out of and pay their staff, which is just as important because then they can keep doing the work they do. Mm -hmm. um, also, the Philippines has been hit with another massive tsunami. And the best way to financially support that situation is really to just find personal GoFundMes or people who are holding their own personal fundraisers in the Philippines and give them money so that they can distribute it to local causes. Just because so many of the quote-unquote official charities for the Philippines are really just co-opted by the government and a majority of that money does not go to the places that they say it is. Okay. 
Um, but as for us, it is just as helpful to support us by leaving a rating and review of us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows I share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex aka Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us how to find a. To, yeah, you, well, to, you talk to me, and I'll talk to him, and then I'll get him to give me to give to you his email address, and there you go, you can get his music! And maybe I'll tell him to change his surname, too, so it's easier for me to rattle that off at the end. (laughs) So, Tanner. So, Lindsay, here's the situation. Originally, I was going to try and find a hint for next week, but I couldn't think of a dang thing to talk about. But fortunately, like, this very afternoon, Christina said, Hey, I have a topical idea for a, a topic that we could do topically. Except she said it better than I did just now. So I said, sure, I will definitely take the option of not having to think for myself for the next, uh, three weeks, and instead let Christina deal with the next episode. She did send us a hint. Awesome. So next week, whatever topic we do, it's going to involve taking early aughts fashion, adding magic, mixing in a healthy helping of preteen angst, but now we're making it very queer. We forgot to talk to who is queer and as told by Ginger. I feel like it's Ginger. Does Ginger date Pepper Ann? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they are owned by different companies, but we can make something happen. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Disney announced a reboot or remake of basically every franchise they own except for Pepper Ann, unless I miss something. Maybe Pepper Ann got incorporated into Marvel. The point being, I don't think they care about reinvigorating that show right now, so we'll just, just sneak in there. We're going to steal the Pepper Ann rights, and then we'll sneak over to Nickelodeon. We'll steal the, as told by Ginger rights, and we'll create the most bisexual ginger high school college coming of age story mature themed cartoon that we have ever seen. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We'll get to that next week, but uh, not... Not if we reboot you first. We're not getting to that next week. That was this week. Next week, Christina's here. And next week, we're... Next week, Christina can take the brain cells. We can just stare at her and go, Oh yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, bye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 